Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And one of the things we talk about is if we don't give effort, if we're not recognized for effort at University of Oklahoma, then I'm a con man and they're a fraud. It's the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast brought to you guys by Destination's Crimson and Cream Machine. And I'm Kami Robbie, and I'm joined by one of my lovelies of my two. My first one's always Stephen Brown, who always joins me. He's the nicest guy in the world. But next to him is Brady Trantham is also joining us, friend of the pod that we often talk about. On and local pod. celebrity. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> local celebrity, Oklahoma Sports Hall of Fame. Look at the hair and the eyes. I, I attended. Trammel. <laughs> yeah, Trammel. I attended the uh, Oklahoma Sports Hall of Fame. I'm not in it. How was, really how was that? Um, well, have you guys ever been in like a ballroom filled with like at least 100? There's like 100 people in there. And uh, we don't need to get political, but I, I hope that they were all vaccinated because nobody was wearing masks and the majority nice. of the, the attendees were, you, you know, like about a generation older than me. So You're trying like, to say there's old people in there. There, in there the are some old, there are some older people in there. So I hope everybody had taken the next, the necessary precautions. But anyway, have any of you guys been in a ballroom with about a hundred people in it and quickly realized all these people here have so much more money than I do. So some situations can't say I've ever been in that situation before, but it sounds like you get a story. Well, it was just like, I, you know, I've covered the thunder before. So I've been in the, their locker room a ton of times. And, you know, before the pandemic, back when we used to do the job, like the classical way. And I never really felt out of place other than like, you know, purely physically I'm five foot 11, all these guys around me are seven feet tall. And they're all millionaires, but, you know, I just don't see them as that because they're athletes and you just don't think of them as being like super wealthy. Uh, but I went to this event, you know, like Jerry Ramsey from the franchise invited me because Barry Trammell gave him two tickets. And so uh, I was like third or fourth on his pecking order and he called me up and I was like, sure, I'll go. And I expected to see like a ton of like, you know, fellow sports media folk from the market there, you know, like. TV people, radio people, journalists, what have you. And we're, we're there for about five minutes. And Jerry had asked me, do you want a drink? And I was like, nah, I'm trying to stay off alcohol for, you know, a while. And I didn't recognize anybody. <laughs> and I was, I just kind of thought, yeah, everybody here is like wealthy. And I, um, I've only had one meal today. So was it like a scene from Get Out? Oh, I mean, <laughs> Let's be uh, honest. Be honest I mean, about this. That's a that's a different level of being uncomfortable. But I mean, it was. 
I had no reason to be uncomfortable other than just my own insecurity, but, you know, being the poorest person in, in a room full of people, you know, wearing nice tuxedos, the ladies were all wearing nice expensive dresses. And I wore like a suit that I think looks nice on me. Um, but I didn't have a tie that matched it. So I just had a, I just had a button up shirt and looked like a douchebag. So, uh, uh, I immediately changed my mind. It was like, yeah, Jerry, I'll have that. Uh, I'll get three fingers of doers on the rocks, please. And, uh, please, please quickly. So, but it was fun. Bob Stevens walked right in front of me and I uh, didn't do anything. I restrained myself. Wow. Do you, you wave at him? <laughs> I know you no. like him. You're like his him. biggest fan. No, you remember when, um, oh, who's the guy that Eddie Radosvich just clowns on the dude that's on Joey Galloway, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember when, remember when Eddie took a picture with him at uh, the Beach Bowl? <laughs> and, he, you know, Joey Galloway doesn't know who Eddie Radosvich is or knows that Eddie like dunks on him every chance he gets. And, you know, Joey more than deserves it for some of the crap that he says on TV. Uh, but I, I totally need to do that same thing with Bob Stoops. Just like, hey, can I take a picture with you? And then like initially smile so he can see it in his peripheral vision, but then just go like, and this is terrible for podcasting, but then just change my face to like. <laughs> <laughs> That's good times though. That cause, because he has no idea your hatred and you know, when, when actually, it's you know, not hatred, it's, it's bitterness, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this later, I guess, but when did your bitterness, I suppose, actually start for, bob's tenure at ou because at some point it has the fish has to turn when did that happen for you well some of it was just i was getting older um i feel like every college football fan kind of goes through this transformation of like if if you are if you do go to college um because when you're a kid you look you look up to your favorite football team as like heroes because they're older than you they're bigger than you they're more physically mature than you are but then you go, if you go to college and you're around them, you kind of like, okay, they're young and dumb, just like me. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of that hero worship kind of goes away. And then the optimism, the blind optimism of being a fan, at least for me, kind of went away. It also coincided with, I went to college during the Landry Jones era. So it was like getting excited was stifled fairly quickly in those seasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you couple that with, like some, some late November in 2014, Baylor walks into Norman, kicks our ass. And then uh, Kerry Murdoch asked uh, Bob a question about the crowd booing. And he said, blah, blah, blah. And then said, well, we're better than most. And I was listening to the uh, post game as I was w- leaving the stadium. And I was like, from that moment on, I just remember saying out loud, we're never winning a national title with him ever again. And so I was basically done. I was like, I don't know what the point is here. This is OU. Uh, the, the goal should be national championship. Um, not going to win it every year. That's not realistic, but uh, with the resources OU has history, like knowing that you have a coach that's not going to win you one, it seems like, well, what, what are we doing here? But, and then some of it just is just me having fun. Like Bob Stoops is a great coach. He's a, he's a hall of famer for a reason. He did win us a national title. Um, won a lot of great memories, but um Hopefully, if OU wins a national title this year, um, that bitterness will go away. But if we don't win one this year, then it's just going to be a whole bunch of, well, this isn't Bob's fault, but we should have won one in 2017. But we should have won one probably in 2008. You know, So then it'll just kind of go back to being mad at him. I remember reading his book about how when he had won a national title at Florida with Spurrier, and he was like, yeah, man, 
the quest for a perfect season and national title really took a shine off of like what we do for the rest of our career. And then I was thinking to the national title in 2000, I was like, well, that does make some sense, but you know, Steven, do you, what, what are your thoughts on Bobby? I mean, do they, do they mirror, do they mirror our good friend Brady's? <laughs> uh, I'm not here to tarnish the Bob Stoops legacy, but obviously <laughs> uh, Bob towards the end of his career uh, just wasn't in it to win. That's fair. Um, I think the one shining moment he did was hiring Lincoln and then having the guts to just walk away and just hand over the keys to something that he had been coaching what 18 years at the time, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are a lot of great qualities about Bob and even his qualities as a human being, like he cares a lot, obviously about his family and spending time with his family. Um, not to, yeah. Tequila, tequila. Yeah. Yeah, Tuscany, you know, I hear is beautiful this time of year. Uh, Golf. Not, not trying to say that Nick Saban isn't a family man by any means, but um, there's no doubt that when Nick Saban is working, he puts his entire heart and soul and time into it. And Nick Saban's a college football coach at Alabama. So he understands that family time is fairly rare during recruiting, during the season. Bob would just kind of treat it like a nine to five job every day. And it's like, you can't recruit nine to five. You can't coach nine to five. You can't go on vacation during a bye week right before you play uh, your first conference game of the season you can't do those things so he, he had family time it was on the sideline every game calling timeouts on the defense brady come on <laughs> it was his family reunion every day yeah 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 right that's good yeah. times yeah. those are those no, are those no it wasn't no it wasn't those were the old those are the old times though but like you know this is 2021 and there's a lot of hype going into the season Obviously, for good reasons, the offense under Lincoln Riley's been nothing but explosive. I'll never forget Barry Trammell asking Lincoln at Big 12 Media Days a couple of years ago when Jalen Hurts was going to be the quarterback. And he said, Oh, are you going to expect that to take a, take a dip in you know efficiency and production? And Lincoln just kind of sat back and said, No, we don't. And everybody thought he was a lying ass liar. And then when <laughs> It didn't happen. We were like, okay, well, never mind. Just jigs up. He's going to put up points. And then now with the entrance of Alex Grinch a couple of years ago, going to the third year, you have a legitimate defense that actually might be a little bit better than the offenses right now. So, I mean, I guess I'll come to you first, Brady. Uh, with the 2021 season looming, of course, that counts a summer where things can happen. Uh, as we've noticed that sometimes players don't always follow the rules and follow the guidelines of life in general. What are your what are you hopeful for? What are your expectations? What are you looking after, et cetera? Well, I mean, the expectations are, you know, this is probably the first time, even even with 20, like even 2017, because the important thing to remember about going into the season that became 2017 was a lot of people didn't really expect national title really because Ohio State was on the schedule and they had just come to Norman, you know, a few months earlier and kicked the crap out of OU. So yeah, like the most optimistic OU fan probably thought, well, maybe we can get to the playoff with one loss. But, you know, when you lose, you know, your margin for error goes out the window. So, um, but this is probably most definitely the first time since going into 2008 where national title is not only something spoken about amongst OU fans, but like national people, like people that have dogged on OU and, you know, sometimes rightfully so, 
with how they performed in the playoffs over the years, um, even those people were probably thinking, yeah, like watching the spring game and seeing like the secondary and seeing the defense overall, along with the offense that we know Lincoln Riley is going to throw out there with what we know about Spencer Rattler. Like this is a legitimate national title contender. So the expectation is national championship. It's not just winning the big 12. It's not just getting to a playoff. It's not just winning one. It's, it's getting to the national championship and possibly winning it. So um, with that, there are kind of the, you know, I, I, I don't cover OU football. I mean, like you guys do, I don't cover OU football, like the uh, beat people. I'm just a crazy fanboy uh, with an OU podcast, but I, um, I understand that going into the season, I I'm just ready to believe. And I'm at the same time in, you know, I have to admit, I am also ready to be heartbroken because it's, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, even Alabama fans, like we, we might sit here from afar and think like Alabama fans have it made because they just know they're going to win every single year. But I guarantee you, they are just like nervous. They are just like losing as many years off their lives during all their games during the season, because it's hard. It is so hard. Like you got to be lucky. You can't get the injury bug. Uh, you've got to have some fortunate breaks go your way when your team doesn't necessarily have it on a Saturday. So um, with that all being said, like, I mean, oh, you should just destroy everybody by 20 points, right? (laughs) I agree. And Steven, I would ask you the same question with also this additional question. Will Lee Corso make it to OU's next national championship? (laughs) (laughs) He's not traveling, Uh, is he? (laughs) I don't think Lee Corso is going to let himself go out without seeing OU uh, get another championship. You think he's going to take one last shot of a roughneck rifle and that's it? It just might snap his neck next time he he fires it off. But uh, yeah, I think as soon as uh, OU wins a championship, Lee Corso might uh, bid farewell to the world. Floats up to heaven (laughs) or the South heaven. Shoots the little, uh, shoots the rifle off and then that's it. Yep. But how falls right into the ground? But what what are your hopes heading into this tw- <laughs> into the season? Because hey man, you got Spencer Rattler, you got Caleb Williams who paints his fingernails, which is really cool, I guess, and you got a lot of good defensive <laughs> players, man. What are you hopeful for? I think this season in particular, we've been counting it down for about two years. We circled yeah. this season as uh, a year that might, you know, things finally come together on both sides of the ball. Um, you have playmakers across the board. Um, there's no real glaring weakness for this team other than, you know, maybe the offensive line isn't as far as long as you'd hoped. Um, the, the secondary might not have that, that star player, but they're all together as a unit. They're, they're a lot better than the, some of their parts. So I think this season it's national championship expectations and there shouldn't be anything less. Is the defensive line good enough for that? I mean, like, I know they appear in Winfrey. I know Nick Benito is technically a part of the defensive line as that rush edge. You've got Laron Stokes, who's a former newcomer of the year, Regina right. Redmond, Corey Roberson, et cetera. Is, is this defensive line good enough to play against, like, let's say, in the trenches with an Alabama, with a Clemson, or is it just kind of like a team of, of above-average defensive linemen that you can go in waves. Like, what do you think about that? I think it's more in waves and because partially because you don't have that consistent threat that uh, Ronnie Perkins was, but I think you can make up with it with uh, with a combination of Benito and uh, Isaiah Thomas. So um, those are two pieces that can obviously get in the backfield and open things up with Perry on Winfrey 
And then you just have a lot of depth behind him. Corey Roberson was a guy that kind of showed some flashes. Um, you're adding Isaiah Coe. You're adding uh, Marcus Hicks is coming back. So it's a lot of depth. So it's not as if one guy goes down and all of a sudden you're playing, you know, some Jag three-star from uh, like three recruiting cycles ago. These are legitimate oh, players. So it's not nice. like a Mike Stoops defense. Be nice to Kenneth Mann. <laughs> oh, that wasn't a shot at Kenneth Mann. I thought Kenneth Mann was pretty good. Remember when he was a when he was a team captain? I remember he suplexed, <laughs> he suplexed Sam Ellinger near the end zone. Yeah, that was, that, that was fun. That was. It's cool. not like you lose Charles Tapper and all of a sudden your defensive line or your defensive ends are just pitiful. Would Charles Tapper start in this defense? Uh, I think he would. He would replace Isaiah Thomas, but he wouldn't think. get the same snap count. He would, he'd definitely get in a rotation of maybe like a 40, 40, 20 split. That's fair. You know, also, I, I just keep on thinking about the spring game's over. It was fun, kind of. I mean, like, it was, you know, the scoring was weird. You got to see a lot of DJ Graham, you got to see Spencer Rattler have his balls dropped, which is always a thing mm. that people want to see in their young lives. Typically, uh, that happens a few years before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but, Caleb you know, Williams had barely had any of his balls dropped. So, like, he's just – he's still young, you know. He's very young. And there's now a massive long – another long layover where dumb and bad things could happen um, with football looming in September slash late August, depending upon where you like to watch your football. And, you know, I was, I was going to ask, and Stephen, I guess I'll ask you first, what are some things that our listeners can do during this time? Like maybe hobbies they can pick up or other things that they can like bird watching they could do during this entire long layover of spring slash summer. Uh, I think you could get outside. I think uh, once the summer hits, we didn't really do much last summer <laughs> as a society. So get outside, enjoy some live music, get on a patio bar mm. and just soak up some rays, you know, just have a good time. I think it's maybe a great go to Vanessa idea. house. Go to Vanessa House. It's a great, it's a great establishment. But Brady, what do you, what do you recommend that the listeners do? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, you guys already called it. You know, for the most part, you know, spring, summertime in Oklahoma is great for patio weather if you can handle the 104 temperatures or the ungodly strong bursts of wind. But you could also go the route of picking up a new hobby listening to a new podcast, reading. All those things are very important. <laughs> I don't even know how to read. Okay. I, I, I don't know either. I'm, I'm just like LeBron James where I just kind of walk around with a, with book, a book. Yeah. And it's like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm really smart. And, but there's just a picture on the inside. Wasn't it, <laughs> wasn't it the Malcolm X book? He in they're like, what's inside? He was, like, he was like, I'm not a tome. I don't have time to talk to you about this Malcolm X book. Yeah. It's a great book too. But so the funniest thing was like I I posted that picture like during the bubble last year of him like sitting on the elliptical bike and he's quote unquote reading the autobiography of Malcolm X. And I just I posted the picture and I'm like, does LeBron ask the team photographer to take a picture of him while he's reading the damn book? Yes. And then somebody replied to me with multiple pictures of like LeBron reading different books. And uh, the guy was like, yeah, LeBron's never really got past page six in any book because every book he's reading is at the beginning. And they're all books that are 
fairly well known that mm-hmm. just kind of scream mm-hmm. that LeBron is wanting you to see that he's reading this book. Like he's reading The Godfather. He's reading Malcolm X. He'd be a great he's Thunder reading... player. Mm. It, I, exactly. Like very superficial and uh, everything is fine. We Get did on the not Thunder Reads bus. <laughs> you know, he's signaling to all of us that this is just the beginning. Every every book. It's just the Thunder Cares or whatever it is. They care. I think they care. Care about did losing. Y'all, did y'all hear? I mean, the Thunder won their first game in 15 games last night, but I didn't know this. Dylan Buckingham said on the franchise when I was in the station the other day that during each game's broadcast on what is now Bally Sports, they never mentioned like anything about the losing streak. <laughs> Under Michael propaganda. Cage. Yeah. No Chris Fisher, no Michael Cage. Mm. Shout out Nick Gallo. I like I like me some Nick. He's a cool guy. Oh, I mean, none of them. I, I think my summer goal is going to be to be in a, a church league with Michael Cage. I bet church league with Michael Cage would be really fun. He hit you. He hit you with the one time somebody had a layup that went all around the rim and fell off. He's like, oh. <laughs> They just got rim job. Oh. And I was like, oh, you can't say that on Fox Sports. Maybe That's what did uh, pay- Brian, Brian Davison. I would pay money. I would pay money to not only watch Michael Cage play um, church league basketball, but watch him play church league ba- basketball with a Jerry curl wig on like, mm. like he used to have in his playing days. <laughs> yes. That's some, that's some sexual chocolate stuff. That like, is, it would be beautiful is what it would be. It's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. You know, other things that I think fans should pick up during this time is like maybe, like you said, hobby. You could become an amateur food critic, right? And just go into random establishments and be like, this sandwich is bad. <laughs> I did not like it. Throw it up on Instagram. Yeah, this is not good. This this tequila is not very good. <laughs> Speaking of... <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'm just kidding oh man or of the, of the also the following not tweeting at recruits or players <laughs> that's uh that's another hobby that people should maybe pick up i don't know just Didn't go maybe. to my school <laughs> fuck you <laughs> maybe you know maybe if you say the f word at them enough while they transfer school they'll stay right you need them anyways. Yeah. <laughs> the Arkansas fan base is very <laughs> upset right now, but I mean, it's it happens in all different directions. I hope you right? blow out your ACLs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not editing any of that. I'm just going to leave this in the podcast. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to notice from, from Vox Media tomorrow. <laughs> You're going to have to go through sensitivity <laughs> training, buddy. No, you, Me. Mean, you mean at Razorback Patriot 7474 isn't a nice guy? <laughs> well, I hear he's a youth pastor at his church, but <laughs> <laughs> he volunteers at the at the youth youth center. Uh, uh, disregard the fact that he called that 17-year-old a beep, 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 blank and beep, beep. Yeah, isn't that <laughs> isn't that great? You know, yeah. something that people should also do, learn learn to play D D, you know. Rekindle your rekindle your imagination. Have you guys ever played D and D? I have not dabbled in D and D yet. 
I've seen that real shitty movie from the what, mm. 2000, 2001. Wasn't good. With Stranger uh, Things. <laughs> oh yeah, they do play D and Yeah, they do. I, I I should have been into Dungeons and Dragons because I'm into like fantasy stuff, and I used to play like Ultima online when I was a teenager. So I, I should have, but for whatever reason, I was never around people who played it. So I just hmm. never played it. That's interesting. Well, talking about dragons, right? Dungeons and Dragons. Mortal Kombat's been on HBO Max. I know Brady's watched it. I've I mean, watched it like twice. You're, the art of segueing has Thank just you. been like, like it's you added been, a bullet point to it. And you honestly, you know, it's been really smooth and more smooth than I really was thinking it would happen. <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm just rolling with these punches. Steven, have you seen more, the new Mortal Kombat? You, you just, oh, it's right, a great movie. It. Do you care about the? I, would, I say it, would, it was better than uh, Godzilla versus King Kong or, or King Kong versus Godzilla, whatever it is. I thought it was excellent. Is this podcast brought to you by HBO Max? Uh, it could be. <laughs> it could be if they're listening. If they're listening, I like to name drop a lot of stuff in the podcast. Hopefully, yeah. get a sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Swadley's. I put my face. <laughs> yes. Swadley's. Uh, no, I thought it was a really good movie. I think. I think a lot of people were kind of pissed off that were Mortal Kombat fans, but I'm not a Mortal Kombat fan. I've never followed it before. It's like my first uh, endeavor into Mortal Kombat, and I thought it was great. That's interesting because I remember I remember watching the original movie. I remember watching Mortal Kombat Annihilation and thinking it was awesome, even though as an adult it was terrible. Oh yeah, and playing all the games on Sega Genesis and all the other new ones and that stuff, you know. And then I was really excited when they came out with a new one, and they. They did the the gore a little more justice than they did in the original ones. Because, like, wasn't in the original one, they just, like, punched somebody, and then they were, like, laying on the ground, and that was it? Yeah, I mean, like, the, the original movie was made with the thought of trying to get the widest audience possible, which is kind of silly when you're making a movie based off the video game Mortal Kombat. Um, and it's hard for, like, younger people to understand this, but um, at, one, at one point in history seeing blood in video games was shocking seeing people rip each other's arms off in a video game was more than shocking and then seeing somebody suck a green soul out of someone's body was just like oh this is demonic like this was the early 90s so it was right after like the whole satanic panic thing Mm, mm -hmm. and mortal Kombat. like my my parents when i was growing up they they would let me watch rated R movies. Like the, really the only thing they wouldn't let me do is watch something that had like a sex scene in it. Like mm. I could watch that's fair gore movies if I wanted to action movies, they didn't care. Um, but my mom would never let me play mortal Kombat. Like that was, and it was because Shang Tsung would like rip your soul out of your body. Of and she was a little freaked out about that, but it made, made it kind of appeal to me that much more that my mom forbade it. Um, but mm. yeah, so the original movie was, tame and they tried to stick a storyline into a fighting game and people hated on that and now they just made a movie that is truly just mortal Kombat. there's like some talking scenes but it's just nothing but fighting which is great and it's gory which is true to the source material and now people are complaining that there's no story like what do you want yep yeah scorpion coming over to the good guys this time around you know it's uh it actually gave you a pretty decent storyline, but talking about like the reason why I brought it up because a the, the movie's good, it's a great movie. And uh, Brady was actually watching it before I was because he snapped me about. It. I was like, "Oh, is that the preview?" He's like, "No, I'm watching it right now." I was like, "Oh, 
okay, I guess I'll do that when I get home. But I thought, you know, who, who were these Sooners and staff members of these specific Mortal Kombat guys? And we've got Raiden, we got Liu Kang, we got Sub-Zero, Scorpion, and soon to be in the next, I guess, episode, or if you just watched the previous Mortal Kombat movies like Annihilation, you have Johnny Cage. Um, I'll go to Steven first. I know you're probably not prepared because you said you weren't prepared like 20 minutes ago. But Steven, day. yeah, this is this is I was a... playing Warzone before this. That's what took so long. Oh, that's it's did you win? No, third oh, place. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, that's it's better than second place. Second place is always frustrating. But Steven, if you had to pick anybody on the sooner roster and staff, who would you say would be your Raiden? So from what I understand, Raiden is a guy that's pretty strong, but uh, doesn't do anything at all. So I'm going to (laughs) go. I'm going to go. Raiden is probably my Switzer. Um, All all powerful, but really can't do much in the modern era. Other than just kind of show up and I guess occasionally teleport people around. Slow moving old man. Move some money. I mean, he is he is the king, so he's the king. Raiden's got a thunder, so that's that's fairly accurate. I'll allow Man. that. I was so gonna we, say I was gonna say DTY because he's the god of thunder and slash lightning, and you know DTY's nickname is Trouble because the dude likes to scream downhill and just like co- collide with people. But Brady, what were you thinking? Man, like I, I, I Raiden was the one that I struggled with the most because I'm inclined to say Perry on Winfrey just because he just looks like the most physically strongest and most capable to be like someone that's, you know, people would follow based on their ability. Uh, but this was, this character was not listed in the pre-show notes, but I'll just go ahead and say Perry on Winfrey would just be Goro. Uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, so that's off the list, but for Raiden, how about Alex Grinch? Alex Grinch or Brian Odom? They might even just be Brian Odom because you never really hear Brian Odom talk. He's always in the background and I'm fairly certain his eyes could light up. You're doing the Lord's work too. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, Raiden is a God, right? A pagan God. Yes. Yeah. A thunder lightning, whatever, whatever that is. But the one, the one I felt most difficult with, because I found one for Sub-Zero really quickly. I found one for Scorpion and Johnny Cage was like the easiest one. And so Liu Kang has such an interesting storyline between the first movies and then this, now this one where he's not necessarily the main character, the protagonist. Uh, I'm gonna come to you first, Brady. Who, who do you, who did you coin as Liu Kang? Because he was one I had the most difficulty placing. Well, Liu Kang to me is going to be Kennedy Brooks because Liu Kang in the video games is boring. I never played with Liu Kang uh, in the movies. Like, any, like fighting stories, fighting movies or shows, the main character is always the most like un just the most in, least interesting character. Like Goku is the least interesting character of Dragon Ball Z because he's just wholly good and always does his job like very late after all of his friends have been killed, but that's a different story. Uh, but, true. Ken- true. but Kennedy Brooks is that to a T he just does his job. He doesn't fumble. He doesn't do anything super spectacular. So it's just like, I want more because, Oh, you running backs are supposed to be incredible. Kennedy Brooks is not incredible, but man, there's nothing that he does that I can complain about. Luke Kang, like, I mean, what can you complain about other than he's just not very, he doesn't inspire much excitement. 
Yeah, especially during the first movie, like when he was the main guy, he's like the leader. And then the second movie is kind of like, well, this now this new gen is kind of like just like this kind of guy that's like, yeah, we got to get your whatever fix. You got to get your powers or bad things will happen. He's not that leader in the second one, but he, he is always the, like the proverbial good guy. I chose I chose Caleb Kelly because Liu Kang, like he loses his brother in the first movie and then he loses his cousin in this in the second gen kind of situation in. Caleb Kelly's always been struck by like injury and all these mishaps. And you always want the guy to do well. And you always think highly of him because he's the main guy. So that's why I picked Caleb Kelly. Uh, Steven, do you have any, do you have anybody for. <laughs> I was going to say Caleb Kelly as well. Really? But. Uh, oh man. If I had to pick someone different. Was your maybe, reasoning for uh, Caleb Kelly any different than mine? He just seemed like a nice guy. He seemed like a, a pretty cool guy, like except for guy. like his his powers didn't really do anything. That's true. He like hit people with fireballs and they just like got up. Uh, I mean, like Liu Kang, like as a character, is just he was just a stand-in for Bruce Lee. Like at the uh, time when they when they made the video games, it's like we need someone that's like basically our Bruce Lee. So they made Liu Kang, and Kennedy Brooks this year is basically a stand-in for Jay Bull, where whiffing on. Uh, Jake McClellan <laughs> and ultimately whiffing on Kamar Wheaton. So uh good thing Kennedy Brooks still had eligibility left because oh oh boy. I guess you could him. make the argument that he's a he's bullware because he's not a very good recruiter. Luke King, sure. like most of his recruits just walked up to him. That's true. And the yeah. other one had his arms blown off. Mm-hmm. So I thought the movie was actually <laughs> setting up Cole to be Luke King. Like I was like, oh, they kind of changed the story around to make Luke King uh scorpion son like okay like i don't care it's different and then like they're walking in that desert and then all of a sudden this asian guy walks up to him and is like hi i'm lu kang i was like oh (laughs) okay this is weird yeah kang's here all right let's do this that's fun you know sub-zero i felt like is pretty easy for me steven who do you have for sub-zero i have perry on winfrey just because i don't think anyone really wants to mess with perry on winfrey too much Brady, I'm gonna say Marvin Mims just because he cold as hell, man. I love me some Marvin Mims. He's awesome. See, I was but didn't he s- get locked up. Yeah, he. Mm. <laughs> My freshman Billy Bowman. Oh well, That's he's gonna be he's gonna be practicing against one of the best secondaries in the country, right? Is that is that the going line? Is that what we're gonna hear to justify the receiver above average? Yeah, the receivers starting off slow next year. He's better than most defensive backs. Being him, but I was gonna say Alex Grinch because he's got uh, some ice water running through his veins. But uh, you know that that uh that kind of smooth like you know whatever that is. But I'll go I'll go next with Scorpion, just because somebody's gonna take it. You have like a variety of receivers you can choose. I'm gonna go Hazelwood just because although his legs aren't there yet, I think his hands and his arms are still there, and he can catch a lot of things at that radius. Um, so I'm, I hope he gets his legs straightened out, you know, kind of like, but it's not, not like a Forrest Gump situation, but you know, that, uh, his knees are a little better, but, uh, <laughs> Brady, what's your, what's your Scorpion, man? I mean, I was going to say Jaden Hazelwood, but just from the fact, or just from the, uh, interpretation that he quote unquote died last year and now he's come back to seek his vengeance. Ooh, that's fun. The scorpion is dead, and you know, 
he came from hell to kill got, uh, to kill yeah. you know Sub Zero. I got a little creative with mine. Oh, I'm gonna go Brian Odom because Brian Odom won a national championship with OU in 2000, and then he disappeared. And now he's coming back to OU to win another national championship as a coach. It's come full circle. That's what you're saying. It's full circle thing. See, it's the prophecy. Y'all, y'all might have not have been, uh, and I just screwed that whole sentence up, but y'all might not have been as connected to like OU message board lore as I was when I was a teenager. But if that happened, Steven, like Brian Odom being like the missing piece after OU wins a national title this year with him is going to be like the same thing as like in the early, in the early 2000s, the mid 2000s, it was always like, Hey, we won a national championship when the players wore white cleats and then they started wearing black cleats. Like they need to go back to wearing white cleats because they won a national title with them. It's like, if that happens, then Brian Odom is going to be that from now until the end of time. <laughs> Brian like if Odom. He, if he wins, oh. if we win a title and he goes off and, you know, takes a job elsewhere, like that's what's going to happen. There must always be an Odom yeah. and, and Norman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oklahoma's own Brian Odom wins, you know, the Iron Man competition, you know, all, all that good stuff. Oklahoma's Iron Man, you know, you love to see it. He, he He's fulfilling the prophecy. Is he the prince that was promised? He might be. I think Lincoln is. I think Lincoln is. I mean, to be, to be frank, he really, uh, he gives a damn on the recruiting trail. That's half the battle. And he's also, uh, other than his raid broness and his, in like his insistence on running reverses. Like, wasn't that the interesting thing? The spring game play calling wise was so check downy and so boring, but that did not stop Lincoln from trying reverses. to run a reverse. Mm-hmm. I noticed it's like a, that. It's like an itch he has. I hated it. I hated every, every second of that play, actually. Then he fumbled <laughs> it, right? He fumbled it, didn't he? Yeah, like Spencer, yeah. Right? Spencer it was kind of a... Was that, that was Mario Williams. Well, Mario, mm-hmm. Mario fumbled it. But Spencer kind of like hung him out to dry. Yeah, it's a bad pitch. That's why Caleb Williams is QB one. <laughs> That's what I hear. You heard it here first, kid. On the streets. <laughs> um, who's who's Brady? We we had we came to the same conclusion. Who is Johnny Cage? Because Steven, I don't. You asked who Johnny Cage was, so I don't think you know who Johnny Cage is. But yeah, I'm gonna default to you guys this answer. So what was our answer, Brady? That's well, gonna be Spencer Rattler. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like Mr. Selfie himself. I mean, Johnny Cage, Steven, um, and for those who aren't into Mortal Kombat, is like the character, like if Liu Kang is Bruce Lee to like Mortal Kombat, the, the first game, then Johnny Cage is like Rob Van Dam. So just like your run-of-the-mill actor, martial arts guy, and that's what his character is. But because of that, like he's Mr. Hollywood, like some of his fatalities were him like killing somebody and then r- writing an autograph for him and throwing it on their corpse. Uh, but Spencer Rattler, every time goes in the locker room, turns on IG live and make sure, you know, mm-hmm. that he's excited and that it was all about him. And, uh, and you know, Spencer Rattler should be working out after the game. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. Right after the games too. Like right after. Yeah. That's terrible for your body recovery. I'm going to do some chest flexes and some reverse uh, flies right after the game. <laughs> I don't know if I ever told you. I, I so might have. I'm I might built have different. I might have told you all this in the group chat, but one of the funniest things I've ever seen was um, some random thunder practice a few years ago. It was 2016, 17 because Victor Oladipo was on the team, but slam magazine was there to go do a uh, cover story 
photo off with the, mm. with the two of them. And Russell, we asked him questions in the scrum, then we finished. And then the PR guy was like, hey, Russ, let's go over here, take pictures. He's like, okay. So he walks over and he stands against the backdrop. And he's like, oh, wait one second. And he runs over to uh, the, uh, the weightlifting area where the dumbbells are. And he just starts doing like curls like really fast and then yeah, just, get the pump going yeah just gets his arms all veiny gotta gets, get those veins bro yeah, gets his blood and his biceps he's like all right let's take these pictures <laughs> i've always wondered that if professional athletes did that and now that only helps me like i know that's russell westbrook in general but that helps me really gain a, an insight onto some of these guys really uh holding up their i guess their public persona and their physique but what we're going to do on this podcast is we're going to go to a break for our sponsors that pay the bills that allow me to podcast for uh, cold, hard cash. And, um, you know, alcohol is a, a drug, Kamiar. It is. It is. It's a disease, I hear. And I'm trying to undisease myself. But it's I a hobby. Yeah, it's a hobby. So we're going to go to a break for our sponsors that pay the bills and let me do that. So we'll catch you guys right after the break. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. So we are back indeed. I just pressed the record button again. We're back to do some more Twitter questions. And, you know, Steven, I'm going to give you the first one. It's from a dude named at Sooner Script. They script out plays and they act them out by themselves. Um, he says, how are Gray's diverse skill set? And he, he, he states them. Dynamic runner and explosive pass catcher out of the backfield. Be best utilized in the 2021 offensive scheme. What are they going to do, Steven? We're talking situationally, I guess. Nah, just what's what's Lincoln Riley going to do with this guy? Gonna, I think he's going to be a much better a pass corner? catcher. I think we saw it in the first play of the spring game. Um, you get that guy out on the on the on the boundary by himself, and he can make a guy miss and go. So, um, I think he's a good runner. Um, I don't think he's anywhere near mixing as far as just being um, just prolific. But uh, I think in the passing game, he's very underrated. And do you think in we we talked about his last podcast? You think he starts the season? Do you think he's going to be the guy that gets the majority of the carries, or do you think he's going to be the guy that racks up the most yards? Because just because you have more carries doesn't mean you have more yards. Um, I'll say he has more yards. We'll see if Total? he has more carries. Yeah, he has the most rushing yards on the team. Interesting, Brady. Do you disagree with that statement? No, not really. Um. I mean, it's going to be interesting with like the running backs um, because kind of like what I was saying with Kennedy Brooks earlier, like he does nothing wrong. He, he doesn't fumble. So therefore he's going to have the confidence of the coaching staff. He's going to have the confidence of DeMarco Murray. Um, and that's probably going to make a lot of fans upset in certain points of particular games, because it's going to be very easy to like look at Eric Gray's uh, ability, versatility and go give him the ball more. Stop giving it to boring Kennedy Brooks. Meanwhile, Kenny Brooks is getting five, six yards of carry, but very boringly. Um, but I think kind of the beauty of it is that they both complement each other. They both do different things. So you can play them a lot. 
split back. And we even saw some of that. And I was surprised that we saw some of it, the spring game. Like I, I assumed that if we saw it, that was going to be, you know, for the fall, just for us to talk about all summer, but we saw it in the spring game. So I'm inclined to believe that we're going to see a lot of lineups with just like the all athlete lineup of Hazelwood, Mims, Weiss, and then Brooks and Gray with Rattler. Um, good luck stopping that. Yeah, especially if they run hurry up and Nick can go into a bevy of totally different formations and run the basically the exact same plays out of eight different formations. But it should be fun because you have gas defensive linemen and gas defensive players that don't have time to get off the field. And so that's why I'm coming to you with this next question. It's from a guy named Gonzo Strangelove, which I'm very intrigued by how that name came about. But he probably it, likes Hunter S. Thompson. They they say, oh, really? Mm. They said that for the first time in years, I'm not the only I'm not only consumed with dread. Um, the defense, I feel confident about that side of the ball. Would you agree that the natty run depends mostly on the offense that wide receiver drops and the O-line returning to elite level play are the key issues? I not to plug my podcast, but I was talking with Keegan on through the keyhole last night about the wide receiver drops last year. And I'm inclined to just not even optimistically assume, but I'm just inclined to realistically assume that that was an outlier. It was an outlier for Theo Weiss that he had so many drops because there is no indication from his high school film, from his ability, his talent on paper, that drops are a thing for him. It was just, it was a weird year and weird things happened. Oh, you lost two conference games to start off the year. Like that's weird. And they still won the, the conference and they won a new year six bowl. Uh, despite all the drops um, I'm just inclined to believe that Theo is going to have a better year Jaden Hazelwood I don't know if Jaden Hazelwood is going to be as great as people are claiming because we haven't seen him be the guy yet in any receiving core and this is going to be the first time that we're going to see that but I think the talent and the ability certainly speaks for itself but the receivers I'm just I'm kind of like last year was just kind of weird and everything was you know, this team was still learning as it played and went along. It was a young and inexperienced team and drops are kind of a, a symptom of that. So I, I don't expect that to be a thing, but I do agree that the offense, like if I have a concern on either side of the ball, it, for me, it's like offense because um, last year, like this team was very close to being incredible. Like they'd go up 17 to nothing or 21 to three in the blink of an eye, then the offense would stall and the defense would have to save them because it took like a quarter or two for the offense to get their rhythm back. So if the offense makes the necessary improvements, those 17 to nothings or 21 to threes turn into like 28 to nothing, 35, seven at the end of like in midway through the second quarter, that game's over. Like you're, you're talking about Caleb Williams playing in the third quarter, fourth quarter at that point, it's, there's too much of a deficit to overcome. And that's, that's where like the national championship talk comes from is that that offense makes that adjustment and that improvement then unless they have a truly bad day or OU has a truly bad day nobody on their schedule should beat them if that's the case yeah I think they should Clemson the entire big 12 just by beating everybody by three four touchdowns just boat racing everybody and also let's be honest I listen to the podcast that's why I ask you the question and that's <laughs> I think it's a good idea um thank you Steve-O after all the hype, this one's from Rag Bob's Circle Shirt. I think that's a, that's a fun name. <laughs> After all the hype from freshmen and transfers, this that's, I, think, I think this is a great question because you're the one that follows rec recruiting the closest out of all the us. Uh, 
who are the busts do you think who are you immediately labeling a bust right now a bust i'll go with a transfer mm-hmm. and i will go since the last podcast i think i'm gonna go chris murray Ooh. i don't think he finds a spot i think i think tyrese robinson uh is gonna be that guy at right guard and and he's just gonna kind of sit in the background as that backup guy that needs to fill in maybe one or two games Okay. But he's not going to have the prolific, you know, all Pac-12 career that we kind of thought he would have coming in. So then I'll give you a follow-up, and this is from another guy from the Discord. Uh, says, OU champs, who's OU's most underrated and overrated player? Most underrated player. Um, let's go Brian Osamoa. I think uh, there's a little bit of hype there, but I don't think people realize that he finished the season pretty strong and he could be one of the top linebackers um, in all of the country in, in 2021 and then overrated. Oh man. Let's go. Uh, Say his name. Maybe J- Jaden Hazelwood. <laughs> <gasps> That's fine. I think, well, it's, it's one of those things where he just might not be able to live up to the hype. The hype's just way too much. It's kind of like with Buki. The, the bar is set so high that it, you have to be almost inhuman to reach it. That's fair. I mean, man, that's fair. I mean, I don't, I don't have a thing against Jaden Hazelwood. I mean, I know you hate him personally. <laughs> and that's why he said that. I hope he does well. I will, I will say, like, knowing, knowing, knowing full well that Jaden's been hurt, Mm-hmm. Um, he's had other disadvantages in his career that guys like CD lamb didn't have to experience when CD lamb was a freshman and we all knew that he was good. He had Baker Mayfield as his quarterback, like a guy who was perfect at divvying out the ball to multiple, uh, skill position players, a game, whereas Jade Hazelwood had Jalen hurts and Jade Hazelwood was wide open most of the time. And Jalen just didn't throw the ball to him or just didn't look his way or just took off. So, you know, that's a disadvantage in, in terms of we've just not seen the production. Then, of course, he gets hurt last year. But going from, like, luxury piece to injured to now you're C.D. Lamb, like, that's where my concern is. Like, he could still be very good, but he could possibly not live up to the hype, and people could be like, oh, that was kind of a bust. He wasn't a five-star. It's like, no, he was. He was talented. He just, you know, sometimes you go to you go to programs and uh, – as a talented player and you just get put around guys who are not conducive to your success. And I think having Jalen hurts as a quarterback, even though I like Jalen hurts, but if you're the third or fourth option in a Jalen hurts offense, you're not getting the ball. I'm sorry. Sometimes even if you're the first option <laughs> on a read option or a zone yeah, read, I, I keep, I keep thinking of CD lamb against TCU where he was like, just standing there with both of his arms up, like Dion waiters, like waiting in the corner, like give mm-hmm. me the ball. And Jalen would just take off for like a four-yard game. Like, Fantastic. And sometimes fumble the ball. <laughs> Those are great times, guys. Uh, I never understood his fumble issues. Yeah. He was well, he was running the ball so much, they said. That's what Tony uh, from the, the Alabama fan lady said. Too much running. Is that Shut what up, that, Tony? Is that, is that what that too much running does to you? Fumble the ball. I mean, Adrian Peterson fumbled the ball a lot at OU. Like, I'd imagine there's something to be said about the wear and tear one as like when they do run the ball that much. And it's, it's not like he's running out on the perimeter, like he's running into a brick wall. So 
Um, but yeah, like he would just fumble very weirdly. Like it wasn't because he was getting rocked. It was just, you know, <laughs> just like let go the of the ball. Fumble, the ball. The, yeah. The, the, the Baylor fumble, um, the Texas fumble, like, mm-hmm. OU just started kicking Texas ass in that game. And then he fumbles going into the red zone and the offense just went to sleep. That's not the only time it happened last year. And, you know, Spencer Rattler being one of the quarterbacks there. I mean, he, it, it seemed like Oklahoma didn't have his killer mentality, right? Last year, that's when people said, oh, they don't have the killer, the killer mentality. Do you think that the offense will actually have this killer mentality going into this year? Or do you think that's just a made-up thing that fans talk about? Uh, I think they will. I think last season is just such a weird season because you don't even know you're going to play in July. Right? I think they were preparing like, you know, maybe – Maybe there's not going to be a season. So it's kind of hard to build your your culture and your your mentality as a team when you don't even know if you're going to play. So I think that may have caught them off guard a little bit. It caught, caught off guard a lot of teams. Um, but I think with a full off season, everything's kind of re- coming to normal terms. Um, they should find that mentality back. Mm. Brady. I mean, I mean – I think so just from the standpoint of this team is now experienced because like you said, Steven, like they've been in the big game. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they don't know if they're playing in July last year, but even still like they didn't have spring, they didn't have a normal summer and they didn't have a normal fall. And then every week was its own adventure of, will this game be played? They had, you know, X amount of players out this week, Y amount of players out the following week coaches were missing. So like development really took a back seat last year. And so, seeing the offense like go to sleep after starting off really well, basically like after the scripted plays ended in a football game, they didn't really know what to do from that point on. makes a lot of sense when you think of it from that context of like, no, this team that should have known all those things and knew what to do. They never had a chance to learn those things like in practice, like a normal team would. So you hope that now with a spring behind them, hopefully a normal summer, hopefully a normal fall, that killer instinct will be there just because not only will they be able to out talent people, they'll be able to out experience people and just out kind of wit people uh, knowing full well, how to do what, when to put the foot on the pedal, like all those things should come into play this year with the proper experience and the proper leadership. So like all the tools are there for this team to just kick everybody's ass. And so this next question is for you, Brady. It's, and it says there's a preface It's from Daryl from the just okay boys. And he says, you know, Spencer Rattler is going to be the starter, no doubt, for the 2021-22 football season. But he asks, will Fall be the most legitimate quarterback battle that Lincoln-Riley has ever had? I I guess, like, you could compare maybe Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray's talent behind the scenes, but will this be the best quarterback battle per se, despite them also alluding to and saying Spencer Rattler's your QB1? I mean, it's it's that's an interesting question just because like Baker starts over Kyler Murray because one Kyler Murray has to sit out um, one year and then Baker gets the weird like extra year of eligibility because he was a walk on the big 12 correctly changed their mind on that rule. And so of course Baker Mayfield's going to start, but even still Kyler Murray was so talented that Lincoln understood, like I got to use him somehow. And we saw packages of Kyler Murray out on the field during that season And I, after seeing Caleb Williams in the spring game, I saw enough. I fully expect there to be Caleb Williams packages. Like, um, would not be surprised if, you know, if they're in the far side of the opposing, uh, uh, the opponent's side of the field. 
you see Caleb Williams trot out there just to run a zone read to keep the defense honest because Spencer Rattler just can't run the zone read to keep the defense honest. And um, if you can bring that element just here and there in certain games, like against Texas or Iowa state or Kansas state, keep them honest, then that that's a positive. But um, in terms of like, if Lincoln actually wanted to entertain the phrase quarterback battle, I mean, this would be fairly close because Spencer now has the experience. Um, he is incredibly accurate with the football. He's got an incredibly strong arm. Uh, but Caleb brings, you know, somewhat of that. Like he's fairly, he's very accurate, fairly strong with the uh, arm strength. But he also brings that element of being able to use his legs, which Spencer doesn't have. So you could like kind of talk yourself into like, this would be the most legitimate quarterback battle that if Lincoln Riley actually said it, the media would probably believe it. But having said that, like Spencer Rattler's QB one until further notice. Um, but I will say if there is a time where he plays as bad as he did against Texas in the first half, fans are going to be calling for Caleb Williams. And if Lincoln Riley decides to bench Spencer Rattler again, which I don't think he would because he, he would then understand, all right, Caleb's going to go out there and succeed and he's going to have to be the quarterback. Do you think fans would get angry at Caleb Williams after like, do you think fans would poke fun at Caleb Williams after a bad play and specifically focus in on his painted fingernails? Cause I, so could, the, I, absolutely. I, could, I could see that happening. In well, this is, this is news to me. Caleb his hands down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Caleb Williams paints his fingernails. Yeah, man. Um, is he like into like, is he into like goth rock or something? He's probably into anime. Yeah, I mean, you know what? This one. I like I like when people are kind of weird. So cool, cool. That's that's atypical of a college football player for sure. So why why the hell not? I like weirdness. Weirdness is fun, and I just don't think the OU fan base can handle it after the. Hell, they couldn't handle Jalen the whole Hurts transition with, thing. His red spats with the red. Sh- with yeah, the they red couldn't shoes. handle the spats. So, you know, like there's always going to be like the more traditional portion of this fan base that is, uh, you know, very you said vocal. traditional. What do you mean when you say traditional? Uh, old fashioned. Old fashioned. Which what is, is like my favorite. Who, my favorite cocktail. Who are those people? Who are these old fashioned people you talk about? Oh, they probably they've been around since uh, Jim McKenzie was the head coach at OU. Oh, nice. It's a long time. Probably. You know, they remember they remember the uh, when Gibbs was the defensive coordinator. Yeah. They almost burned down the Capitol uh, <laughs> when OU unveiled that alternate jersey. Yeah. I thought, I thought this was going a different direction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, <laughs> I was a little worried, but now I'm not. <laughs> My God. Anyways, I'm, I'm not going to edit that out either. But so, Stephen, you know, we talk, we actually talked about this last podcast. It says, will Pat Fields go from team captain to second string after the young guys establish themselves? Um, potentially, I think the, the threat's there for Pat Fields. Um, I think we saw the secondary take a big step forward. Uh, we really haven't seen Harrington kind of be that guy at safety. They primarily used him as a corner, so... He can palm a helmet. Did you see that picture with him and Perrion? They were palming their helmets with their hands. I didn't see that. That's 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 impressive. It's not easy to palm a helmet, especially Perrion Winfrey has a big helmet. I don't know if you saw the picture of him, and I think it's the Big Twelve Championship. 
Uh, I think Fox put it out. That helmet is huge. Got a big head. Got big. He's a big head guy. But uh, you know, Pat Fields. He's a good player, very consistent player, but um, doesn't do like kind of like uh, Kennedy Brooks doesn't do anything remarkably well. Like remar- like doesn't really stand out other than he makes the consistent play. You know, there is a famous band called Powerline. Oh yeah. They they wanted you to stand out above the crowd, even if you have to shout out loud. Big goof, <laughs> big goofy movie people, you know. So I hear. And we're, what we're gonna do is before before Brady exits and we don't podcast the rest of the night, and we we luckily avoided the storms, which was nice, you know. Um, I guess the Norman's been pretty gnarly, but we're gonna end this on. They a, took out the Taco Bell, uh, I guess. I, yeah, that's what I heard. I, I've seen images. What? It's what happened? Pretty wild. Taco Bell got hit with a little bit of hail. We're at Storm Storm Jones uh, has is on the scene oh, in Norman. God. Storm Jones. It's good times, but you know people end people end these podcasts on always like good notes. Typically, like talking about like oh what they're looking forward to and stuff like that. And I want to hear your least favorite Sooners memories. And I know a couple of you guys have them banked in your brains for forever because. You know, we started this podcast off saying, hey, what are you hopeful for for 2021? Knowing inevitably, a lot of fans have already said, inevitably, what game will Sooners lose? That was a couple questions for the pod. Damn it, Steven, so- you took you you already said what I was going to reply with. I just found, I'm sorry, Tom here. I found, <laughs> fun, the, uh, I found the Storm Jones pictures, but uh, yes. It's we great. Will, we will rebuild. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> it's amazing. But you know, yeah, I'm looking at the same thing. <laughs> what are your what are your least favorite Sooners memories? And like, I know Brady, you already mentioned that 2014 Baylor game. I was just gonna say that entire season would be one of my least favorite <laughs> memories. Uh, but what about you guys? I'll go. Uh, well, this is a this is a good one. We always talk about Trevor Knight doing the long out for an interception, pretty much on the <laughs> two yard line. Mm. It's gotta be an all time terrible throw. I Real mean, special. the play call, like, by Josh Heupel. Like, yeah, <laughs> also not good. Let's call an out route to the far side of the field against, like, press coverage, mind you, with a quarterback who has a very long windup and isn't very accurate anyway. Like, in what universe is that a good idea? In Josh Heupel's universe? <sighs> but probably – Probably – Voltron. I would have to say my least favorite. I've got two that aren't – like I'll, I'll avoid 2014 because that was bad for everybody. Um, the winding minutes of the fourth quarter against Florida and the national title were so just numbingly, maddeningly terrible because like it, every opportunity was right there and they just could not do it. And it was clear like Florida had their DeMarco Murray. They had Percy Harvin and OU didn't have DeMarco Murray. And that was, you know, one of the big differences in that game. Um, yeah, so that, that was frustrating. And then I used to live in Idaho. Uh, let's see, I moved there. My, oh yeah, the eighth day that I had lived in Mountain Home, Idaho was the day of the uh, OU USC national title game. Now mm-hmm. that's not it, but I lived in Idaho for two years and I moved to Norman when my dad retired from the Air Force um in 2006 so i had to hear about the fiesta bowl against boise state for a long long time but 
but 2006 was bad too because you had the Boise State game and I was at the Oregon game right on the 30 yard line right in front of the onside kick and that was uh I I still get mad to this day like it still makes me visibly angry when I think about that play you've uh do you have any trauma with that stuff that sounds like (laughs) that would that would be traumatizing I just you know not only is the universe out to get me in terms of my favorite teams never winning championships uh the uh like the rest of mm-hmm. i don't i don't recognize the heatles with lebron like when lebron went to the heat i became a thunder fan and then i started covering them don't somehow. do that don't do that to yourself yeah well like now i cover them and now i'm not a fan anymore now i'm back on the heats uh you know, on their bandwagon but i i just have never been a big lebron james fan that's fair steven what are some of your uh least favorite sooner memories because I got another one. Oh, you USC 2004. The Sooners go up seven, nothing. And you're like, Hey, stop the look, count. Things are looking good. Stop the <laughs> count. And then it's 55, 19. And then you're all sad. Technically that game never got played. Yeah, it didn't in the record books. That's, that's right. It didn't. It's, it's, it's no longer in the annals. <laughs> uh, I'll go, I'll go, uh, OU Georgia with the, uh, Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, like 19 yards a carry against Mike Soups' defense. I think know, one had 17.4, the other had like 19 yards. Which one of the Georgia running backs could see both ways? <laughs> what? <laughs> didn't, didn't Sony Michelle have like chameleon eyes? Maybe. Oh, oh, how they can they can go in separate directions. Yep. Oh yeah. I guess it was Trey Norwood avoiding contact the entire game. <laughs> yeah, he do- he didn't he dive out of the end zone. He dove, dove out of bounds a couple of times. He said, "No, I'm making." He's a diving at ankles. Is Trey Norwood- tackles are going to take down Nick Chubb? Is-, is Trey Norwood becoming a playmaker, like a legitimate playmaker? One of the biggest like heel turns by an individual player in OU history. It's a nice story. It's fun to talk about, but I don't know if he's you don't aspire to be turn. that story, though. <laughs> I mean, I'm I think so another much... bad memory is them not firing Mike Stoops right after that game. <laughs> yeah, he's coming back. Hey, he just got a raise. <laughs> yeah. Curtis Bolton's fighting him in the locker room, threatens to leave at halftime. Everything's fine, guys. Everything's fine. You imagine... just got to get the right guys in here. Uh, <laughs> how many years did we hear that in a row like seven? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's that's great that's mike, great and, mike, oh, no. oh my gosh mike stoops is such a charlotte my lex is going off i heard what was she saying i heard her she crying for I help i don't know maybe it was there a tornado or something i think i think amazon the taco back. bell went down does yeah. the stoops family have a minority share in amazon they do probably Oh, oh they boy. They're listening. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have infiltrated. Did you say about my brother? Yeah, well, uh, I'm not going to fire my brother. Okay, well, then retire earlier. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> how, how did he not have the, the intelligence or the grace to go off into the sunset with his brother? Like, I'll never understand that. Like, why would you want to stay? Uh... Why, why would you want that? that anxiety that pressure i get that like you fully understood that i can suck and still get raised i can still get a raise like family reunions would have been if i found that out about 
job. Yeah, if I found that out about a job um, that I could do a terrible job and still get a ton of money and get more money on top of it every year, I'd be like, yo, fine, I'll mail it in too. Screw it. That's fair. I mean, that's what I would do. Isn't isn't that one of the basic tenets of why communism doesn't work, Brady? Oh, uh, it's one of. You <laughs> yeah, know. That's, that's a that's a. You know, I think. Uh, you know, Mike. Be here for Mike hour a manifesto would be in all caps. Yeah. We can talk. We can we can read manifestos on the next pod. Actually, the next podcast will just be me reading a manifesto. There are several out there. Some you don't want to read. Should we start Man, the podcast by reading 20, a page of Bob's book? I was this damn close book. to 2018. <laughs> like one page every podcast. I've got Bob's book right here. It says no excuses. Do you think he ever used any excuses? <laughs> he had 11 of them on defense. Man. Oh, wow. So for one of those stupid videos. I'm 12. For one of those like funny, stupid, mm. stupid <laughs> videos that I've been doing, I... Uh, I bought like the, the opening clip of the video. I'm reading Bob's book and I try to get a shot of like the page I was reading in common yard. You know what passage I'm referring to. You already yes. referenced it, but um, the camera, like the iPhone camera could not focus on what I was reading. So I was like, shit, what, what can I do? And so I thought, okay, I'll just, uh, I'll buy Bob's audiobook, And I spent 20 bucks to buy it so that I could put his uh, audio track over what I was reading. And God love anybody that sits through Bob reading the book. Cause again, Bob's a great coach, you know, hall of famer, but narrator, he is not like it is, <laughs> it is a hard listen. God love him. It's just not, it's, it's not the cadence that lends itself to like, like a, a book that you, you know, I think it's like a nine hour listen. It's like, Whoa, listening to this for nine hours. You could almost hear his broken pinky rattling in the, in the audiobook. God. Be a little bit. Of Is this all going to be? Peyton Winfrey's finger looked pretty bad in that video. Yeah, not in bad. The, Bob is like video. sideways, like this. Yeah, it's barely hanging in there. Like this is my that strong looked, that hand. Looked like, looked like he had one. Perion looked like he had one of them little Egyptian scarabs, like crawling inside of his body, like off the mummy. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true, but you know, you you know, you know, you know, it's a good time you guys to like, do. Huh? <laughs> No, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like they go up and they go through your brain, and it's over, right? But Brendan Fraser play a yeah. good Bob Stoops in a movie. Ah. Ooh, Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Whatever happened to that guy? Brendan Fraser is awesome. He did like Tarzan, and then like I and think he did, just got he axed. did two Mummy movies. He did the one. He did Tarzan. What is the one bedazzled with Liz? He did three Mummy movies. He did a bit, but Elizabeth Hurley. Hurley, yeah. yeah, with Liz Hurley. That was a fun movie. And I can't remember any of the other movies he ever did. That was a good movie. I don't know. Journey guys. to the Center of the Earth was like his last big like, budget movie. It was like 3D. But you know what we're gonna do? Yeah. We're gonna have a big 3D guy. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get off the podcast. Before we do, Brady. Brady's a famous guy. He's probably the fam- most famous person I know in, in real life. Brady, tell everybody where we can find your stuff and where we can listen to your voice some more. Because like you're all everywhere on the Instagrams, on the radios, 
on the TVs, sometimes on the on the stuffs. Where can we find you everywhere? Always in, always in the background. Uh, no, uh, yeah, like Inside OU is the free pod that I do with Key and Renault. Um, we do that every Thursday. We put on a new Inside OU podcast. We do it at Vanessa House. Uh, it is a drop. Oklahoma City. What um, time? So if you. Uh, we, we go there around 5.30, start recording around 6, and get out of there by 7 because it's Bingo Bango Songo when it gets packed. And I think tomorrow is emo night, so it's going to be packed. Like, you know, all the basic white girls going to be there. It's going to be fun. Uh, but that comes out on Thursdays. We also have a Patreon page <clears throat> where we put our other podcast called Through the Keyhole. The Patreon page is called Through the Keyhole. So we do podcasts. We do articles keegan does film review um i do like all those silly videos that i've you've probably seen me try to shove down your throat on twitter or whatever um that's all on the through the keyhole patreon page it's four dollars a month for most of that and it's five dollars a month for all that plus keegan's film review and it's um you know like won't lie times have been tough so need to rely on some help from some good people and we fortunately have found a little niche audience and it's growing and growing and uh we enjoy doing it and more patrons always equals more fun and more better really better uh put together content steven do you do you do you patreon to our good friend brady trantham because i do uh i tell him i do <laughs> <laughs> what a good friend you are <laughs> he like he, i need to set up a patreon account he uh Steven probably just downloads it illegally off Kazaa. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's what actually he was just he was telling me about it the other day. That's exactly go, what he does. Go Lars Oric on your ass and just start suing people in mass. Mm-hmm. But I think it's I think it's that time, fellas. I think we're gonna get off this podcast. And if you know what, if if people hearing this, the edited version of this, which is probably not gonna be that much different, uh, if you're listening to this and you heard, liked what you heard hit the subscribe button it's fun times but either way see you guys later have a good evening bye